Welcome back, everyone. This is Stories to Share. Here, we share exciting books that we love with you. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and check back every Saturday for a new story. The Lorax by Dr. Seuss. As you listen to this book, be sure to think about how your actions impact the environment and what you can do to protect it. At the far end of town where the grickle grass grows and the wind smells slow and sour when it blows and no birds ever sing expecting old crows is the street of the lifted Lorax. And deep in the grickle grass, some people say, if you look deep enough, you can still see today where the Lorax once stood just as long as it could before somebody lifted the Lorax away. What was the Lorax and why was it there? And why was it lifted and taken somewhere? Far from the end of town where the grickle grass grows, the old onceler lives here still. Ask him, he knows. You won't see the onceler. Don't knock at his door. He stays in his lurkim on top of his door. He lurks in his lurkim, coals under the roof, where he makes his own clothes out of miff-muffered moof. And on special dank midnights in August, he peeks out of the shutters, and sometimes he speaks and tells how the Lorax was lifted away. He'll tell you, perhaps, if you're willing to pay. On the end of a rope, he lets down a tin pail, and you have to toss in fifty cents and a nail, and the shell of a great-great-great-grandfather's snail. Then he pulls up the pail, makes a most careful count, to see if you've paid him the proper amount. Then he hides what you've paid him away in his snub, his secret strange hole in his grevelous glove. Then he grunts, I will call you by whisper ma phone, for the secrets I tell are for your years alone. Slup, down slups the whisper ma phone to your ear, and the old onesler's whispers are not very clear, since they have to come down through a snurgly hose, and he sounds as if he had smallish bees up his nose. Now I'll tell you, he says, with his teeth sounding gray, how the Lorax got lifted and taken away. It all started way back, such a long, long time back, Way back in the days when the grass was still green and the pond was still wet and the clouds were still clean and the song of the swami swans rang out in space. One morning I came to this glorious place and I saw the trees, the truffula trees, the bright-colored tufts of the truffula trees, mile after mile, in the fresh morning breeze and under the trees i saw brown barbaloots frisking about in their barbala suits as they played in the shade and ate truffula fruits 
From the ripulous pond came the comfortable sounds of the humming fish humming, while splashing around. But those trees, those trees, those truffula trees! All my life I had been searching for trees such as these. The touch of their tufts was much softer than silk, and they had the sweet smell of fresh butterfly milk. I felt a great leaping of joy in my heart. I knew just what I'd do. I unloaded my cart. In no time at all, I had built a small shop. Then I chopped down a truffula tree with one chop, and with great skillful skill and with great speedy speed, I took the soft tuft and I knitted a thind. The instant I'd finished, I heard a gagump. I looked up. I saw something pop out of the stump, of the tree I had chopped down. It was sort of a man. Describe him? That's hard. I don't know if I can. He was shortish and oldish and brownish and mossy, and he spoke with a voice that was sharpish and bossy. Mister, he said with a sawdusty sneeze, "I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. And I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs." He was very upset as he shouted and puffed, "What's that thing you've made out of my truffula tuft?" Look, Lorax, I said. There's no cause for alarm. I chopped just one tree. I am doing no harm. I'm being quite useful. This thing is a sneed. A sneed's a fine something that all people need. It's a shirt. It's a sock. It's a glove. It's a hat. But it has other uses. Yes, far beyond that. You can use it for carpets, for pillows, for sheets. Or curtains, or covers for bicycle seats, the Lorax said, "Sir, you are crazy with greed. There is no one on earth who would buy that fool's need." But the very next minute, I proved he was wrong, for just at that minute, a chap came along, and he thought that the need I had knitted was great. He happily bought it. For three ninety-eight, I laughed at the Lorax. You poor stupid guy, you never can tell what some people will buy. I repeat, cried the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I'm busy. I told him, shut up if you please. I rushed across the room and in no time at all, built a radio phone. I put in a quick call. I called all my brothers and uncles and aunts, and I said, "Listen here, here's a wonderful chance for the whole Wunsler family to get mighty rich. Get over here fast. Take the road to North Nitch. Turn left at Weehawken. Sharp right a South Stitch. And in no time at all, in the factory I built." The whole Wunsler family was working full tilt. We were all knitting sneeds, just as busy as beads. 
to the sounds of the chopping of truffle trees. Then, oh baby, oh, how my business did grow! Now, chopping one tree at a time was too slow, so I quickly invented my super axe hacker, which whacked off four truffle trees at one smacker. We were making sneeds four times as fast as before, and that Lorax, he didn't show up any more. But the next week, he knocked on my new office door. He snapped, "I'm the Lorax who speaks for the trees, which you seem to be chopping as fast as you please. But I'm also in charge of the brown barbel lutes, who played in the shade of their barbel lute suits." And happily lived eating truffula fruits. Now, thanks to your hacking my trees to the ground, there's not enough truffula fruit to go round, and my poor barbaloots are getting the crummies, because they have gas and no food in their tummies. They loved living here, but I can't let them stay. They'll have to find food, and I hope that they may. Good luck, boys! He cried, and he sent them away. I, the onesler, felt sad as I watched them all go. But business is business, and business must grow, regardless of crummies and tummies. You know, I meant no harm. I most truly did not. But I had to grow bigger, so bigger I got. I biggered my factory. I biggered my roads. I biggered my wagons. I biggered the loads of the sneeds I shipped out. I was shipping from forth to the south, to east, to the west, to the north. I went right on biggering, selling more sneeds, and I biggered my money, which everyone needs. Then again he came back. I was fixing some pipes. When that old nuisance Lorax came back to find more gripes, I am the Lorax. He coughed and he whiffed, he sneezed and he snuffled, he snarled, he sniffed. Onceler, he cried with a croculess croak. Onceler, you're making such smogulous smoke. My poor swami swans, why they can't sing a note. No one can sing who has smog in his throat. And so said the Lorax. Please pardon my cough. They cannot live here. I'm sending them off. Where will they go? I don't hopefully know. They may have to fly for a month or a year to escape from the smog you've smogged up around here. What's more, snapped the Lorax. His dander was up. Let me say a few words about Gluppity Glupp. Your machinery chugs on day and night without stop, making gluppity glup, also schlippity schlop. And what do you do with this leftover goo? I'll show you, you dirty old onesler man, you. You're glumping the pond where the hummingfish hummed. No more can they hum, for their gills are all gummed. So I'm sending them off. Oh, their future is dreary. They'll walk on their fins and get woefully weary, 
in search of some water that isn't so smeary. And then I got mad. I got terribly mad. I yelled at the lorax. Now listen here, Dad. All you do is yap yap and say, bad, 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 bad. Well, I have my rights, sir, and I'm telling you, I intend to go on doing just what I do. And for your information, you Lorax, I'm figuring on biggering and biggering and biggering and biggering, turning more trufula trees into thneeds, which everyone, everyone, everyone needs. And at that very moment, we heard a loud whack. From outside the fields came a sickening smack of an axe on a tree. Then we heard the tree fall, the very last of the trufula tree of them all. No more trees, no more thneeds, no more work to be done. So in no time, my uncles and aunts, everyone, all waved me goodbye. They jumped into my cars and drove away under the smoke-smuggered stars. Now all that was left, neath the bad-smelling sky, was my big empty factory, the Lorax and I. The Lorax said nothing, just gave me a glance, just gave me a very sad, sad backward glance. As he lifted himself by the seat of his pants, and I'll never forget the grim look on his face when he heisted himself and took leave of this place through a hole in the smog without leaving a trace. And all that the Lorax left here in this mess was this small pile of rocks with the one word, unless. Whatever that meant, well, I just couldn't guess that was a long, long ago, but each day since that day, I've sat here and worried and worried away through the years while my buildings have fallen apart. I've worried about it with all of my heart, but now, said the Wunzler, now that you're here, the word of the Lorax seems perfectly clear, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Nothing is going to get better. It's not. So, catch, calls the Wunzler. He lets something fall. It's a trufula seed. It's the last one of all. You're in charge of the last of the trufula seeds. And trufula trees are what everyone needs. Plant a new trufula. Treat it with care. Give it clean water and feed it fresh air. Grow a forest. Protect it from axes that hack. Then the Lorax and all of his friends may come back. The end. Thank you for listening to The Lorax by Dr. Seuss. Be sure to tune in next week. Bye!